It's a man's game tonight now, you know that. It's a man's game tonight. Here we come! DeLone fires to an open Smith. Steve oh. Smith is going to go all the way. He gets away from the pressure. Fires to the end zone. It's caught! It's Rick Lewis! Touchdown! Oh my goodness! Rick Lewis! Welcome to Minnesota! Fitzpatrick. End zone. Eric Decker holds it in. Hill finds an opening. Tyreek Hill to the outside. Hill. Blazing speed, Tyreek Hill electrifying 91 yards for the touchdown. Third and five. This is right first down and roll. Only Richardson to beat. Right. Jackson bobbles it and now has to try and recover. Deshaun Jackson. Gets a block! Are you kidding? Deshaun Jackson! The Broncos have been in three overtime games this year. They won them all. Got him. Got him at the 40. It's Thomas at the 50. Stick on going three to the 30. To the 20. Thomas to the 10. Denver's going off the New England. They won on the first play of overtime. Welcome in to the First and Goal Show. I'm Scott Ayers alongside John Schmidt, bringing you NFL talk for the next hour. And John, that intro has never sounded better. And it's because we're in a different booth today. We're not live. We're just recording this as a normal podcast. And we didn't have to play the intro off my cell phone. Yeah, it did sound a lot better. Uh, Hopefully we'll uh, be able to do that from now on. Yeah, you know, as as nice as the quality of an iPhone is, sponsor, not sponsor, but sponsor. Now sponsored. Sponsored, now sponsored. It, it sounds much better when we're able to play it through a monitor. So, um, yeah, now welcome into the First and Goal Show, um, NFL football talk. And from Thursday to Sunday, we saw really a wider range of games. And that Thursday night game, really a battle between the worst Thursday night football game, worst primetime football game, John, I think since 1970, the Niners and the Raiders, and it lived up to its potential by being a complete and utter nightmare for the Raiders. Yeah, and I mean, uh, the 49ers had Nick Mullins, an undrafted rookie, make his first career start because C.J. Beathard was injured and uh, couldn't play. So uh, Nick Mullins got the first career start, and... You know, he looked good. Granted, it was uh, against the Raiders, uh, who are now 1-7 and seven and have traded away. It almost seems like their entire team. But um, he got his first career start and was 16 for 22, 262 yards, uh, three touchdowns. He looked good. Um, and I th- I almost think I think he's getting the start this week as well. And I think he if, he, if he plays this well again, I think he's going to take over uh, C.J. Beathard's job. No, uh, I... Oh no! Go ahead. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you know, to have a nearly a 152 rating against anyone is very impressive. And so Nick Mullins had a great game. Meanwhile, Jake John Gruden, excuse me, just continues to struggle with Oakland. 
and the Raiders. This is why you can't promise 10 years on a contract. I mean, that is absurd. And, you know, Gruden has time to turn around this team. But, I mean, some of his decision-making has been very interesting. You trade away a great pass rusher on Khalil Mack. You get rid of your best receiver in Amari Cooper. Marshawn Lynch has been so quiet this season. And Derek Carr has been fine, but, I mean, he had 171 passing yards, and their their main rushing threat was Doug Martin, who had 11 carries for 49 yards, and their number one wideout was Jalen Richard with four receptions for 45 yards. The Oakland Raiders are in a very bad spot. Yeah, and, and Jalen Richard's actually a running back. So he, right. a running back, was leading um, their receiving category. Um, the, the one trade that I was kind of in in support of that the Raiders made was the Amari Cooper trade. I mean, they got a first-round pick for him. That's that's highway robbery, honestly. It is. For a guy that's had drop issues, Um, he's had the highest drop rate, uh, or he's been up there at least for however long he's been in the league. And getting a first-round pick for him, well, you know, the Green Bay Packers traded HaHa Clinton Dix for a fourth-round pick. It's like, I mean, I I think that's highway robbery. But uh, I think the one guy that should have kept was Khalil Mack. I agree. Um, I agreed with letting Bruce Irvin go, who's he was only on. He was his contract was going to expire after this year, and uh, he's getting paid a good amount of money. So I I understood that release, but I think Khalil Mack was they should have resigned him, even if they had to pay him a bunch. Because even if you're going into rebuild mode, I mean, you want a franchise have, player. Yeah, I mean, you want you want a franchise player, um, and he's really going to be the only guy outside of Derek Carr that you're going to have to pay a lot of money to. Um, but now they do have a lot of first-round picks upcoming. Um, I, I do think they will be bad for some years to come. But, like I said, they do have a lot of first-round draft picks, so uh, the future could be bright. Future is bright in four years, and guess what? John Gruden will still be there. He will still be there. Um, because and if they want to fire him, they're still going to have to pay him like $100 million. $100 so. million. Dollars. That is insane for a head coach. Ten years, hundred over $100 million, I believe. Um, but, so... Let's move on from the worst game to the best game. The Los Angeles Rams and the New Orleans Saints in a terrific matchup, prime time. It wasn't prime time, but it should have been. And, John, we both called this the New Orleans Saints defeating the Los Angeles Rams. Drew Brees playing like an MVP caliber quarterback once again. And the Rams falling in New Orleans 35-45. to Yeah, I mean, this was definitely the game of the week, um, in my opinion. Uh, Alvin Kamara had an outstanding first half. He had three touchdowns before before halftime, um, and then after halftime, the Rams were were able to shut him down a little bit. Uh, they had a, the Saints had a quiet third quarter, but um, they were able to hold on to the lead and uh, come out with the win. But yeah, I mean Drew Brees playing like an MVP MVP caliber quarterback. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout for that MVP award between him and Patrick Mahomes yep. uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, which is going to be fun to watch. I mean, they're both putting up ridiculous numbers. Um, and then, I mean, you know, they got a, the Rams on offense, of course, have a guy named Todd Gurley who could be considered for MVP as well. Um, he has, what, like 16 touchdowns on the year now total yeah. or something? He's Insane. on pace to break uh, break record in that category. Uh, he's leading the league in rushing. Uh, I think he's without a doubt the best running back in the NFL right now. Oh, no doubt. And yeah. here's the thing. The Rams lose this game, but... You know, they fall behind, and a lot of teams would probably just end up getting 
absolutely creamed. Um, but that wasn't the case for Los Angeles. Um, really able to fight back in the third quarter and tied it at one point, 35-35, a piece with the Saints. But it was New Orleans at the end of the game that was able to hold on. So I don't think by any means this means that New Orleans has solidified itself as um, the best team in the East, and or excuse me, the NFC, and um, is a team that no one has a chance against. No, I think it's the complete opposite. I think the Los Angeles Rams showed, even with a young quarterback in Jared Goff, they're able to go down to the wire and get a second chance against New Orleans uh, if they get that in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I do think this is likely going to be the NFC Championship game, obviously depending on what the seeding is and how it all plays out. But I think these te- these two teams are going to be one and two uh, in the NFC. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the Saints receiving game. Uh, now adding Des Bryant, of course, who they just signed Jeez. a one-year deal. Um, on top of, they also have Michael Thomas, who just had 211 receiving yards in that game, which is just absolutely absurd um and one of the best celebrations of all time right the the flip phone under the the amazing (laughs) amazing um yeah i mean the saints are stacked um and and also another thing that i took away from that game the rams defense is continuing to struggle um they've been statistically one of the worst defenses in the nfl over the past three weeks um and obviously they still have a keep to leave out which which is hurting them drastically because Marcus Peters has been getting burned. He's been bad. constantly. I mean, he looks bad. Um, it's it's every single week that goes by. It's uh, looking more and more like the Chiefs won that trade, um, trading away Marcus Peters. Um, yeah, I mean, he looks bad. He's fo- he was following Michael Thomas around the whole game because um, he was you know he's the number one corner and obviously Michael Thomas had 211 receiving yards. Um, yeah, I mean, the stats don't even do justice if you just watch the game. I mean, Marcus Peters was getting burned time and time again and just looked awful. I mean, their whole defense uh, has looked shaky, uh, which is kind of surprising to me because of how many players they brought in. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they could turn it around still. But uh. Absolutely. I mean, that front line, that front seven for Los Angeles is scary. Yeah. But their coverage has not been there. And that's been a big problem for the Rams. And they've suffered a lot of injuries on defense. Um, and so, I don't know. It's it's inter- interesting to see what will happen for the Los Angeles Rams on defense. Their offense is still great. Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Todd Gurley, and Jared Goff, who I wasn't sold last year. Fine, fine rookie season, but has played great for the Rams this year. And so, um, you know, I think I think Los Angeles, they shouldn't be worried or upset after a game like last night against the Saints. Um, so, you know, John, there's, there's a lot of different talking points. Obviously, Kansas City Chiefs have a nice one against the Browns. The Denver Broncos lose to the, the Houston Texans, but... I think the game in the AFC West that impressed me the most was the Los Angeles Chargers who played the Seahawks. And, you know, we both have talked how the Chargers have not really played anyone tough on their schedule. They go into Seattle, uh, a team that had been playing well recently, and come away with that 25-17 victory. Yeah, I mean, I think this was the Chargers' best win on the season. Um, like, Like Scott said, we've talked about 
um, the Chargers' schedule kind of in the past, how they, they've played some weak opponents, um, obviously, and they played the Rams and Chiefs early in the season and lost to both. Um, I think this was their best win going into Seattle, which is always a tough place to play, um, and beating the Seahawks, who, who are now 4-4, four and four, so I wouldn't say they're a good team by any means, but um, still, like I said, playing in Seattle is, is always tough, and um, I think this was definitely their best win in the season. Um, they're now six and two and uh, right behind the chiefs looking to to keep up there with them um, yeah I, I just I'm, I'm excited to see them play a tough opponent I'm excited for the chiefs chargers game again um, that's obviously going to be an arrowhead so I think the chiefs are going to have the advantage there but I think that's going to be another shootout uh, just like week one so uh, but yeah the, uh, the AFC's the AFC West is uh, pretty interesting um, obviously like you said the Broncos losing to the Texans which Another close think, loss. Yeah. And th- that's on Vance Joseph, 100%. I th- you know, it might be too early to say, but I think he needs to go. Yeah. yeah. And if you if you look at comments from Denver Broncos fans, they think he should have been gone a year ago. It's poor coaching. Denver has it down, uh, you know, in field goal range, but still a 52-yarder for Brandon McManus with 50 seconds to go and a timeout. And Joseph said, "Okay, this is a chip shot. Let's let's hold off. That's horrible. That is pathetic, and it can't. You can't expect a guy, no matter how accurate he is, to feel confident kicking from 50, 50 yards plus out. That's horrible. Run some plays. Run a few passes. Run a you know run a screen, a halfback draw, anything. But just to sit on the ball for fifty seconds and expect." you know, a made field goal from that long of a distance is is horrible coaching. And it's the reason why the Broncos are 3-6. and six. Um, First game against the Chiefs, uh, they have the Chiefs at a 2nd and 23, and rather than playing press coverage and continuing to blitz, something that Wade Phillips would have done, they, they lay off. They give too much room for one of the best quarterbacks, if not best quarterback in the NFL, and Patrick Mahomes. And he leads down, He eventually leads down a scoring drive. And a lot of that comes on the play calling, on the offensive, defensive coordinators, and Vance Joseph failing to know what he's supposed to do in certain situations. Yeah, and I think, did McManus miss two field goals this past game? I know he missed that game when he He missed was, one in the first half as well. Yeah, so, uh, and obviously they lost by two. So, But like you said, I mean, I, I would um, blame that on the coaching as well. Um, running yeah, clock because, at the end like that. Well, another thing, too, really quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, you're fine. At the end of the first half, icing the kicker, which needs to stop. So many coaches outsmart themselves. Vance Joseph is another example where he tries to ice the kicker, and guess what? Kicker misses the first attempt, second try right down, right down, right through the uprights. It's yeah. ridiculous when coaches do that, and it drives me insane because they, they outsmart themselves. And almost, it's almost as if kickers are like, okay, he's going to ice me. doesn't really matter what happens on this attempt. Well, yeah, and I think if you're going to ice somebody, don't wait until the last second to give them that practice shot. If you give them a practice shot, chances are an NFL kicker is not going to miss two in a row. Right. You know what I mean? Um, the Chiefs lost to the Titans that way a couple of years ago when I was at that game. Um, I remember iced, watching yeah. that game. Iced, yeah. yeah, iced the kicker. Andy Reid iced the kicker, and uh, Ryan Suck up the, the Titans kicker missed the – Missed the first field goal, which ended up being a practice shot, and then he nailed the second one for the uh, for the game-winning uh, score there. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, 
and and kind of staying in the AFC West, I'm going to shift over to the Chiefs game real quick a little bit. Um, and Patrick Mahomes was perfect, I would say. I know he had that one interception, but uh, it was at the end of the first half when he just kind of threw the ball up um, into double coverage. Uh, and I saw I saw a statistic that uh, I think it was from Pro Football Focus, maybe not. I don't know. I, it's one of the analysis on on Twitter that I follow uh, shared it. Uh, it was like Patrick Mahomes only had one pass that had danger of being intercepted the entire game, and it was that pass at the end of the first half. Uh, I may have worded that incorrectly, but um, basically what I'm trying to say is he basically played a played a perfect game outside of that one one play. Um, and I don't know if you saw. It. Did you see that intentional grounding for the spike? We talked about. It. Uh, I wasn't able to see yeah, it. I mean, yeah. what was that? I, Horrible. Oh, at the time, I mean, some bad words were being said by <laughs> John Schmidt himself. I don't the, blame at you. The TV because it pushed him out of field goal range at the end of the first half. Um, yeah. And then another little fun stat here: Patrick Mahomes threw that garbage time pick. Not garbage time, but that garbage interception when he just threw the ball up. Um, I actually tied in fantasy this week, uh, but because of that interception, it was negative two points. And that's so. If that fake spike would have never been called, like it should John have, Schmidt wins I would have won again. in fantasy. That's so right. NFL refs, I want a, an ex- explanation. And we need to talk to you ASAP. ASAP. I like. Let's get them on the line right now. We need to. Um, yeah, and this is a this was an important win for Kansas City because you you play, you're playing in Cleveland. A game that, you know, after such a tough beginning of the year, sometimes these games are overlooked. And that's where those midseason losses against bad teams can happen. And credit the Chiefs and Andy Reid, because for a while, Cleveland made it interesting. 21-15, at going into half, Cleveland has a little life in them. But Andy Reid able to make the adjustments and, uh, Kansas City really just put a whooping on on the Browns in the third quarter, outscoring them thirteen to nothing, and the rest is history. The Chiefs winning this game thirty-seven to twenty-one and cementing themselves as, I mean, the best team in the AFC. Yeah, I agree. And um, the Patriots are hot on their hot on their tail um, now. It's seven and two, uh, and I think at this point every game is huge for the Chiefs because, like I've said in past weeks, if the Chiefs don't get home field advantage, and the Patriots do. Uh, I think it's that's almost it for the season. I think in order to uh, succeed in the postseason, they're going to need and get past the Patriots, they need to be at home. Um, so every week is going to be huge for the Chiefs going forward um, because chances are the Patriots aren't going to lose, especially in their weak division. Um, so, yeah, I mean, every game's huge because the Chiefs need to keep winning. They're probably going to have to win 14-plus games in order to get the one seed uh, because the Patriots are going to be right up there with them. Um they have the Cardinals this week, which is uh, should be an, an easy opponent, knock on wood. But um, then the Rams in two weeks, which uh, game of the year, in, in my opinion. I agree. In, Mex- in Mexico City, Monday night game, Chiefs and Rams. Uh, that's going to be a shootout. There's a chance for that game to not have a, have a home or away for either team all season. What I mean by that is two neutral sides this game in two weeks and, of course, the Super Bowl because this – will be talked about as a potential Super Bowl matchup between the Rams and the Chiefs. And, yeah, John, to really talk about one more game, really briefly mentioning Titans-Cowboys, the Cowboys look bad. They are a bad, bad team. 
Um, they're not Giants bad, but nothing impressive with the Dallas Cowboys. I blame Jerry Jones. I think he is. I think he's a bad owner. I don't. I think he has too much power in the Cowboys organization. Jason Garrett has one playoff win in his nine seasons with Dallas. Unacceptable for a coach to be there for that long and have that little success. Um, Garrett needs to go. There needs to be a revamping in Dallas. Uh, the Titans getting a much-needed win to stay in contention with the Texans. Overall, though, I, I think the Cowboys, they just make me sick. Yeah, the Cowboys looked bad. I mean, they made Marcus Mariota look like a top-ten quarterback. They did. Um, which, you know my feelings on Marcus Mariota. We had our bottom five of, of quarterbacks a couple weeks ago, and I had him as, as dead last because I think he is. Um Maybe not anymore after that game because the Cowboys made him look like Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, I mean, Deion Lewis looked like Barry Sanders uh, that game. I think, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are just – they're just bad. And the fact that Jason Garrett still has a job, like you said, one playoff win in nine seasons. Nine seasons. Nine. Nine seasons. Yeah. Uh, that is – that's ridiculous. Um, almost a decade. Almost a decade. Um, especially for – to be a head coach of a franchise – that was so great at one point, and their fans are expecting, you know, success in the playoffs and to have one win in nine seasons. I, I don't know why he still has the job. And if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be furious. I oh, I would be too. Jerry Jones, way too much power. He's the GM. He makes a lot of the decisions. No other GM in the NFL gets as much airtime as Jerry Jones, and I think that's a problem. That means you have. Because at the end of the day, what matters for these football teams is who's playing on the field. And there's a whole nother show up in the booth with Jerry Jones. And so one final game I want to talk about, Patriots, Packers. John, you said hot on the heels of the Kansas City Chiefs. And you mentioned last week, I hope the Green Bay Packers can beat the Patriots. And New England proving once again just how great they are. Yeah, and I—I I mean, the game was the game was tied at seventeen um, in the third quarter. Uh, Aaron Jones looked good for the Packers. Uh, it finally looked like they had a decent run game, something they've struggled with in in years past. Aaron Rodgers was playing well, and then um, Aaron Jones, obviously, like I said, he played really well. He finished with seventy-five yards. Um, he had that fumble in the third quarter, and once he fumbled, um, the game just shifted. Yep. Uh, it was like the Patriots got all the momentum, and then um, you know they went down and put 14 more points on the board uh, and won 31 to 17. But yeah, that that fumble really just shifted everything. And after that, it didn't look like the Patriots had any idea what to do. Um, and it, it, it was almost that feeling once you saw Aaron Jones fumble. It was like you know Tom Brady's going to get the ball back right now and with good field position, go down and get a touchdown. And then when the Patriots are up by seven going into the fourth quarter, in the fourth quarter, I mean. Chances are they're going to win at home. Um, yeah, man, I was I was hoping. Mike McCarthy, though, another coach on the hot seat. I agree. Um, he is. Yeah. And I think I saw, I saw reports that said the Browns want him, want to hire him because they're still searching for a coach. Yeah, uh, and I – So I'm kind of curious if to see if Mike McCarthy will get fired or not. And I don't think Mike McCarthy is a bad coach, but sometimes coaches need that scene change, right? I, I – it's like a, a pitcher in baseball. He he starts to wear out in a certain location. ZRA starts shooting up. Justin Verlander goes to Houston, 
turns into a Cy Young pitcher once again. I mean, I, it was it was like Andy Reid a few right. years ago. Like his, yeah, with his, Philadelphia. His last years in Philadelphia, they were bad. I think the season that the season after he got fired, they were two and fourteen. If I'm not mistaken, maybe three and thirteen. Something really, really bad. bad. They, they had two or three wins. Um, man, yeah, they were bad. Uh, they were a bad football team. Yeah, for, they went like, through the, the Chip two Kelly years. phase. And then Andy Reid came to Kansas City, um, where Kansas City was also two and fourteen the year, uh, the past year. And when Andy Reid came in, he turned the team to eleven and five his first season there. So, like you, like you said, I think um, going somewhere can can help a coach. So I think so. And one more storyline to look at: New England and Josh Gordon, five receptions, one hundred and thirty yards. What do they give up? A sixth-round pick for Gordon, a late-round pick yeah, for Josh Gordon to the Browns, led the team in receiving yards, and was second in receptions, or I guess third because White and Edelman tied with six, Josh Gordon with five, and had nine targets. I mean, New England and Tom Brady have a giant threat now with Josh Gordon, and... The Chiefs better keep winning because the Patriots, <laughs> I mean, they're back to being the New England Patriots. Yeah. And, I mean, the thing about them, you watch it and it's frustrating. Um, I guarantee you Tom Brady didn't have more than five passes beyond five yards in that game. No. In all seriousness. No, it's true. Like, it's it, very it's accurate. Just dump off to the right, dump off to the left, dump off to the right. Julian Edelman, two yard two yards downfield coming streaking across the field. It's it's just that over and over again. And how I, I don't I know the Patriots, Bill Belichick's a mastermind, but how defenses haven't figured that out yet, I don't know. I don't understand how they can continually get away with that and the dump offs. Obviously James White's a skilled player to, to dump it off to, but yeah, it's just frustrating to watch. Tom Brady's not even I mean he's playing well, but he's not I mean I granted he's also forty one, but uh, it yeah. He just doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers or, or Patrick Mahomes or Drew Brees. He just gets it uh, done. Yeah. Yeah, he gets it done. Yeah. And with that, we will head into break. And when we come back, we will be doing our weekly pick em segment here on the First and Goal Show. Stay with us. Welcome in to the First and Goal Show. I'm Scott Ayers alongside John Schmidt for really the most thrilling segment America could ever ask for. In fact, we've had dozens of people come up to us and say, please, please pick this team for the pick'em segment. Oh, every time I'm walking to class. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. People are asking John to sign their Letterman jacket. It's crazy. And... That's the kind of attention we have brought to this campus with our annual Pick'em segment. 
and unfortunately, we don't really have a name for it. We just call it Pick'em Segment. Really not a lot of creativity here at Anderson Hall, but you've got some of the best analysts around, and we, we like to talk about past results, but we're not going to talk about last week because it was ugly. John and I combined for 13 wins and 13 losses. By far the worst week we had we've had. The week before we both went ten and four. And uh yeah, it was it was horrible. It was horrible, John. Yeah, you know. I pulled out some hot takes. I think I'm about 0 for eight on hot takes, I would guess. Oh yeah. and that's the problem is I think to myself, yeah, I you know I can see the Lions beating the Vikings. I, I went with that last week. <laughs> I said uh, Matt Stafford can play well. Um, that's our problem is my dodo brain starts thinking. It's like, well, surely. I mean, Amir Abdullah is somewhere on that lineup who's now a Minnesota Viking. The so there, there, there was my problem. I should have known. I should have known he would have been a Viking, and I apologize. I digress. But now, week 10 – and things are going to turn around, but this first game is going to be a toss-up. Carolina heading into Pittsburgh to play the Panther or to play the Steelers. Some of the hottest teams in the NFL right now between Big Ben and Cam Newton. Yeah, unlike last week, we have a good game on Thursday Night Football. Um, last week was obviously the Toilet Bowl. It was. And now, uh, now we got a good game, Steelers and Panthers. Um, man, both teams are hot. Um, I still, you know, I'm going to go with the Panthers. You know, I, I am too. I, I actually wrote my answer down just so before you said anything, just so you knew that I wasn't just trying to copy you. I like Cam Newton in this game. The Panthers are a threat again, and they're not going to get a lot of attention because of New Orleans and in, in the, in the Rams, but Carolina is scary. And that defense is back up to, uh, playing its Playing the way it did back in Super Bowl 50. Cam Newton back into his MVP form. Carolina's going to win this game against Pittsburgh. And that's maybe a little too much confidence. But I do like the Panthers. Next up, Detroit at Chicago. I picked Detroit last week. They burned me. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Can't put the blame on you. I've picked Detroit way too many times this year. I'm going with Chicago. I like Trubisky. Give me a little Khalil Mack. Night, night, sleep tight. I'm taking the Bears. Yeah, I gotta go with the Bears too. They're three and one at home. Lions are one and three on the road. Yeah. Um, yeah, gotta go with the Bears here. Easy, easy pickings. Easy money. Easy money. And next Thank up. Thank you. Next. Next. <laughs> Cha-ching. We don't have that sound graphic, <laughs> but just it, we'll we'll insert this. Cha-ching. <laughs> That's 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 our next graphic. As you can tell, we had some music coming into the segment. Yeah, we're stepping it up a we're little bit. We're improving, yeah. people, and that's what matters, improvement. Doesn't matter what happened week one because we're at week 10, baby, and we're different. We're different. We have segments now, for crying out loud. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that. We'll cut that. Cut. Cut. <laughs> Cut. We're going to start again now. All right, John. So we've got New Orleans versus Cincinnati. The Saints tank it, taking on the Bengals. New Orleans coming off a 
fresh victory over the Los Angeles Rams to really declare uh, their reign over the NFC, the best team in the NFC, against the Bengals who are fighting for their playoff lives. Yeah, this is a good game. Uh, Bengals are coming off their bye week, have struggled in recent weeks. Uh, their defense is bad. Um, man, I thought the Chiefs' defense was bad, but the Bengals' defense, whew. And they're gonna Oof. be they're gonna be without AJ Green out with a toe injury. Um, so I gotta go with the Saints. And, oh God, the Saints looked good. And now they have Des Bryant. Now they have Des Bryant. I don't know if he'll play this week though. Yeah, I don't know either. But he'll uh, probably be... not because he hasn't even signed. He's signing the contract tomorrow, so. He's a morale guy. Yeah, they've just come to an agreement, but he hasn't. And that's so he's it. not practicing. Like I, I don't think he'll play this. That's week, the but. ultimate victory. He's a morale guy. Yeah, Give you me. know, on the sidelines over there. <laughs> night, 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 night. Give me New Orleans. <laughs> Next, ching. Thank you. Next. Ding, ching, ching. Next up, we've got Atlanta versus Cleveland. Atlanta, another one of those teams that has to continue to keep on scrapping. Meanwhile, for the Browns. I don't think they're going to get pushed over lightly. I know they're 2-6-1. and one. Their season kind of looking a little blessed. They've lost four straight. Meanwhile, for the Falcons, they're winners of their last three. They're 4-4 four and four and need to keep on winning uh, with the wild card just in sight. John, every single bit of me wants to pick, New- uh, pick Atlanta because this is a team that... I mean, they're hot, and the Browns are the opposite of hot, and they don't have a head coach, and they have a rookie quarterback, but Dodo Brain Ayers is taking over, I'm going to take the Browns. Give me Cleveland or give me death. There's Scott's hot take of the week. There's my hot take of the week. I'm going to regret it come Sunday, and I'm going to be looking at the spreadsheet, and I'll say, why did I pick Cleveland? But right now, it's an easy bet, and I like the Browns. Um, Falcons. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much to say about that. New England, Tennessee. You have much to say about that one, John? Yeah, Titans. If you're listening, please win. How about that, Scott? Is so? Are you so, choosing no, no. the Titans? No, I, as much as I want, <laughs> as much as I want them to win, yeah, I think the Patriots are gonna win by like 21. So. Yeah, I'm trying to find do some research here and see if you picked it against the Patriots. Clicking. Yeah, you can just shoot a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what I feel pretty good about? So you talk about good journalism. So we started this week, we started this week four. Okay. I, I chose Detroit over New England, and guess who won that game? Detroit. Detroit did. But Tennessee's no Detroit. I'm going with New England in this one. Uh, Patriots are hot. You know, they're in that New England mode where they could win out uh, for the rest of the season. So both of us go New England next. Jacksonville versus Indiana. Jacksonville, I believe, had a bye week last week. Yeah, I believe so. Um, But I'm going to take the Colts. Give me Andrew Luck. I like that bet. The the Jags have looked bad. The Colts are scrappy. Give me Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could make this case about a lot of teams, but it's really going to depend on uh, how Blake Bortles plays. Um, that might be a broad thing to say, but like, I mean, it, they're them winning or not really depends on how Blake Bortles plays. 
because um, they do have a solid defense still, even though they gave up 40 to Dallas. But Blake Bortles had like five turnovers, and they kind of just gave up by halftime. Right, um, I agree. Yeah, Jaguars on the road here. I'm, I'm going to take the Colts as well at home. Marlon Mack has been hot he's good. the last two games. Yeah. Um, granted, it's been against the Raiders and Bills that he's had his good games, but I think he's a good running back. I think he'll have another good day. Um, so, yeah, I'll take the Colts. Perfect. Next up, we've got Arizona versus Kansas City. John, we don't need an explanation. Just give me the name of the team. Chiefs. Chiefs. Perfect. I We don't need to talk about that game. I think everyone who knows football <laughs> knows exactly why we chose the Chiefs. Next up, Buffalo Jets against the Jets. Sam Donald in a walking boot today. Said he was roughed up last Sunday. He has been named as out. He is he's out. Yes. So and so Josh this might Allen, be the worst game of the season. And Josh Allen and we say that every week, folks. I hope you know that that every single week has the worst game of the season. <laughs> <laughs> They're just nonstop. They're just constantly stacking on each other. Like. It's incredible. And next up or and so it's gonna be a battle of the backups unless Josh Allen gets the start. But if you're Buffalo, why would you start him right now? There's no need. I uh, personally, I don't think you want to start him with that bad of an offensive line, uh, with no true weapons on offense other than Lashawn McCoy. You, you don't, you don't really need to start Allen. Your season's lost. It, it, you st- just give Derek Anderson or goofball. Uh, I can't remember his name. Nathan he's Peter? so bad. Nathan Peterman. Oh my gosh, he's so bad. If Nathan Peterman steps on the field, they're gonna lose by forty. How does? Okay, oh, I saw the most insane statistic after that game. Oh, so he his threw, rating going up. Yeah, he threw. I think it was after three interceptions. He threw three, three interceptions. He threw three. And his quarterback rating went up. His career quarterback rating. He is went so up. bad. He's so bad. Went He's up. bad. He's bad. Can bad. someone explain that to me? Bad. Why has he not been cut? Why? Why? Seriously, why? Like, I get the Colin Kaepernick thing of like. But even Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow should be starting over goofball Nathan Peterman. Seriously. Yeah. He's horrible. Yeah. No quarterback has been. he Historically, he might be the worst quarterback ever. Not, you know, Jamarcus Russell, biggest bust, <laughs> but he wasn't the worst. Did you see the Jamarcus Russell story <laughs> oh, this the week? the tapes? Yeah, the tapes. The, the coaches didn't think he was watching film, so they gave him blank tapes. And he, they asked him the next day what the tapes were, and he said they were blitz packages, <laughs> and they were blank. I'm not going to lie. I would do the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm a first overall pick. Didn't that dude gain like 60 pounds in the offseason? He got big. Yeah, he got, he got big. You're getting paid millions of dollars to sling a football because that's that's how I think it is. I, I really don't account for watching the film or anything of that importance. I think, okay, we're going to run slants. And we're going to run slants. You know, coach, just and, run slants every play. And you're going to run a hitch. You know, that's that's old man Jerry Rice. I, I, I think Rice had retired by then, but still. Peterman is the worst in the league. I don't know who to pick. I guess I'll say Jets because they're at home. Yeah, I mean, if Nathan Peterman's playing Jets. The Jets are going to look like <sighs> they're so bad. the they're New so England bad. Patriots. Yep. Against Nathan Peterman. I agree. Next up, Washington. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay lost last week. Washington. They lost last week, but they still lead the division. I'm taking the Redskins. Um, 
Is Fitzmagic playing again? They probably haven't decided yet. They haven't. And they've I kind of been back and decided. forth. Yep. Um, you know what? Give me the Bucks. Bucks. The give, second, give it to me. Give it a second. Second straight week that Schmidt has taken the Buccaneers. It's magic, baby. <laughs> and I'm trying to see, honestly, if there's any, any other weeks where you've taken the Bucs. Hey, it might not have paid off for me in the past, but I guarantee you this week. Give, you want Fitz magic once again. You know, and it always seems like it comes back to bite you in the butt. Three weeks ago, I picked the Bucks and they actually won against the Browns. Last week, you choose the Bucks and they lose. Let's, hey man, they made it interesting though. They made it interesting. They fought. Yeah. That's what Fitzmagic does for you. Next up, Chargers versus Oakland. Chargers. Okay, good. I was gonna say one word, Chargers <laughs> as well. <laughs> Miami versus Green Bay. Packers. Dolphins are pretty bad. Uh, one and three on the road. Um, still. Uh, Ryan Tannehill still again. out with the the shoulder injury. So Brock so Brock Osweiler starting. Brock. You're going to count uh, out my guy, Brock? I'm counting him out. All right, I'm counting him out, too. I'm going to go with the Packers because I, I Dolphins are really bad. Mm-hmm. They're really bad, John. Um, okay, so Packers over the Dolphins. Next up, Rams versus Seattle. Two teams coming off loss, a division matchup. Seattle can maybe try to gain some ground. I don't think it'll, it'll – I think it's all too little too late. I'm going to go Rams. I'm going to go Rams as well, um, but I think this is going to be a shootout, honestly, with the way that the Rams' defense has been playing in recent weeks. Um, and I, th- I think the Seahawks can put up points when they need to. Yep. Um, they might run the ball 40 times a game, but they can put up points. So I agree. I think it's going to be a shootout. Give me the Rams by seven. I'm going to write that next to it. Rams, Rams by seven. by seven. I All honestly right. wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks won this Oh, time. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't Division either. battle. Seahawks are fighting for their season. The Rams, you know, sometimes those teams have that two-game drop-off before you kind of turn it around. Okay, Dallas, Philadelphia. And a division matchup, two mediocre football teams. I think Philadelphia is better than Dallas. I'm going to go with the Eagles, but it's a toss-up. I It's hard to really... There's not much um, room or difference between these two teams. Yeah, the Eagles coming off their bye week, brought in Golden Tate before the trade deadline. Uh, I got to go with the Eagles here. Um, Cowboys are a bad football team, and they're they're defeated on the road this year. So um, I got to go with Philadelphia here. Philadelphia, and so chalk that up. Finally, another worst game of the year. <laughs> We've got another worst game of the year. Is the oh my goodness gracious! This is Monday Night Football, prime time, baby. Jason Witten, the greatest color commentator to ever touch that booth since 2017, and it's the Giants, the New York Football Giants, against the San Francisco 49ers in a battle between teams who want the first pick. Man, why was this game not flexed a couple weeks ago? These teams have been bad since the season started. Why did they leave this on Monday Night Football? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We finally get a good game on Thursday night, and now my Monday night's ruined. Thanks, <laughs> I know. NFL. Um, I don't even, honestly, Giants, I guess. 
Giants. Yeah. All right, just for some to make things interesting, I'll take the Niners. Uh, but yeah, both teams. The Giants' offense is so bad. It's their offense is about as bad as the Oakland Raiders' defense. Horrible, 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 horrible. Yeah. And I can't watch. You can't watch. Um, it, it should honestly be just be rated R, rated X. I don't know. Make sure no one can watch just a complete landfill that is on the field. Um, when you know, imagine Eli Manning sl- slinging the rock against that Oakland defense that a pass for us so bad. Schmidt, you put us on the offensive line. Whoever's playing quarterback will still have about two seconds get, to get that pass off. Yeah. Two seconds, which sounds short, but for two guys who are about 5'8", buck 30 in weight, that's pretty good. That's pretty good for us. Um, so, yeah, final game is Niners, Giants. You take, take the Giants. I take the 49ers. We're going to head to break, and when we come back, we will finish off with our top five, bottom five, Running backs, running backs here on the First and Goal Show. Stay with us. Stay with us. Alongside John Schmidt and our annual top five, bottom five segment where we talk about all the likes from teams to players to coaches to rookies, you name it. Last week we did do rookies, top five rookies in the NFL. And, or, and so this week we are doing top five, bottom five running backs and the NFL and how you qualify for a bottom five running back is we're not going to pick a guy who has three carries for negative three yards and a fumble. That's that's not what we do. Instead, it's starting running backs who have completely underperformed and have been a huge disappointment. So for our top five quarterback segment, we couldn't do Nathan Peterman because he didn't have enough starts at the time. Now if we got the opportunity, he'd have enough. He'd be number one for both of us. It wouldn't be even be close. But that's the explanation behind it. So this week we are doing top five, bottom five running backs. John, what would you like to start with? Would you rather start with top or bottom? I'd say bottom. I think top's more interesting, so I'd say we start with the bottom. We're going to start with the bottom. And... Um, I, I'll, I'll let you start. Okay. My, uh, my number five. So like 27th, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Number five worst. Uh, I'm going to go with Alex Collins, um, from the Baltimore Ravens who showed flashes at the end of last year, 
Um, and there was a lot of hype behind him actually coming into this season, but um, he has under, underperformed. Um, Javarius Allen has uh, kind of taken over that the the pass catching role out of the backfield because he's underperformed. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Alex Collins on, on this one. Only not even 400 yards rushing on the season and averaging under four yards a carry. So uh, he's my uh, number five. Yeah, I um okay. So I'm slightly breaking the rules. I hope that's okay. Um, to I'll let view, it slide. To the listeners at home, I'm sorry. This isn't someone who's underperformed. It's someone who's been just a huge disappointment, Leonard Fournette. You know, coming out of LSU, every article is saying Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's a truck. He's a tank. It was similar talks to Saquon Barkley. Not as, as much hype, but definitely still so much uh, just around his name, so much excitement and thrill. And for for what? he's been he's been bad in terms of being able to show up for Jacksonville. Has he played this season? Maybe week 1? I don't I don't think he has and he I don't think he's I think the only full game he's played was week 1. Okay. And then every other game that he's played in he got hurt briefly, during, right? Yeah, so and, and so that's why I'm ta- putting him on this list. I think Leonard Fournette is a good football player when he's healthy. He hasn't been healthy, and for that, that's why I'm sticking him at number five on my bottom five, um, simply because of that. And for number four, I'm going to choose Alex Collins for a lot of the reasons John mentioned. He's just been kind of a letdown in Baltimore. Yeah, um, I agree with the, what you're saying there on Leonard Fournette and. Uh, my number four, I'm going to go with LaShawn McCoy. Um, good running back, I think, just in a bad system. Really bad offense. Um, I mean, he's had Nathan Peterman as his quarterback for some games this season. Not a whole lot you can do there. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he only has 267 yards rushing and averaging 3.1 yards per carry. Um, that's the worst in the NFL. Yeah. Um, he's actually 43rd in rushing yards. Uh, 43rd 43rd no kidding. yep um so I, I had to put him on there i uh, put him at number four wow. and then so my yeah. and then my number yep. three um i'm gonna go with peyton barber um mm-hmm. from the the tampa Bay buccaneers another guy who had some hype behind him um he was supposed to be that that number one back um supposed to take over that role that doug Hart, doug martin excuse me had for uh for some years there uh, be a thousand yard rusher for him but he has underperformed uh, also averaging under four yards a carry only 376 yards um yeah i mean he's been bad uh it's really the only good that's coming out of the tampa bay offense is fits magic when he's playing yeah. uh, i mean Jameis winston's been bad uh, and peyton barber's been bad um so yeah i had to put him on my on my list at number three um i am going <laughs> I'm going with Jordan Howard of the Chicago Bears. And I put him on this list because he's a guy who should be averaging four yards a carry, around 80, 90 yards a game, and maybe a touchdown a game. He has five touchdowns on the season, almost averaging, almost averaging 55 yards. Um, so just over a, a half a century there. He's averaging three and a half yards a carry with a fumble. He's been he's been bad in the backfield, and that's not to say he's a bad receiving back or anything of that nature. But for a guy with so much hype, he just 
he has not impressed. And um, I, it's hard to really say, like, okay, yeah, Jordan Howard's a bad running back because that's not what I'm saying. It's kind of like Leonard Fournette, just a major letdown. He is a total letdown. And for this season, the Bears are good. I know some of the sometimes the offensive line can't give them holes, but you know three and a half yards a carry and only five touchdowns. That's just not enough for a team that um, wants to compete uh, and make a run in, in the NFC. And so Howard at three, and this is where it gets tricky because a lot of running backs want to take that top spot, um, and I I think I'm gonna. I'll put LaShawn McCoy at number two. Um, now, granted, there's an asterisk here because his offensive line has been really bad. LaShawn McCoy has not had the offensive line. He deserves to be somewhat effective. However, some of that is on the running back. Um, so it's almost like a 50-50 thing. Uh, so half LaShawn McCoy, half offensive line. I'm still going to put Shady, a guy who has been tremendous throughout his career. The offensive line, it's the same offensive line from last year. Uh, you know, maybe they, I don't know if they lost anybody, but, you know, it can't have dramatically gotten that much worse so he doesn't have a single step. I understand that teams have got to prepare for the run, but Willis McGay, he was able to run for 1,000 yards with Tim Tebow as his quarterback. Um... LaShawn McCoy is in that same boat. So I'll put him at number two. Um, my number two. Um, the reason I put this guy at number two is is because of injuries, much like you had with Leonard Fournette. Uh, and it's Matt Breida from the 49ers. Um, his stats, he has okay stats. I mean, he has 530 yards rushing, averaging over five yards a carry. But I think 150 of those yards came from one game. Yeah. And almost every other game he's played in, he has been injured some way. He's been fighting through injuries because he wants to keep that number one spot. But he has left more games than not early because of injuries. Um, he has not been effective in uh, most of the 49ers games. He's only averaging 10 attempts a game uh, for a guy that's supposed to be their number one back. Um, so that's why I put him so high up on the list. Without, I mean, without injuries, he I don't think he'd make this, but... Yeah, um, I agree. It's Same just a guy Leonard that's Fournette. yeah. It's just a guy that's been uh, played with injuries and um, yeah, just really hasn't been able to por- perform on the field because of it. And your number one? Uh, my number one is Derrick Henry, which I might be breaking the rules a little bit because uh, Dion. You could consider Dion Lewis the starter, I guess. But Henry but Derek was Henry, the starter at yeah, the beginning of the year. Yeah, Derrick Henry came in. I mean, they they spent a second round draft pick on this guy. They went out and got him in the second round. Out of Alabama, big back. Uh, they wanted to. Revol- they want to make their offense a running offense. So they went out and got a big back, brought in Deion Lewis in the offseason to kind of be that one-two punch. Um, and Derrick Henry is just underperformed. Um, he's played terrible all year. Um, he averaging three point three yards a carry. Like I said before, Lashawn McCoy is the worst in the NFL at three point one. So he's not not far. Um, Behind Derrick Henry there. Derrick Henry's also down there. Um, just hasn't been a guy that hasn't lived up to his potential. Hasn't been a guy that's uh, a good feature back. Yeah, well, we've got the exact same for number one. Also going with Derrick Henry. 
He is, um, he's been a total letdown. And it's funny, him and Christian McCaffrey were in that same Heisman race. I still believe McCaffrey, to this day, McCaffrey deserved it over Derrick Henry. And Christian McCaffrey is far more successful. McCaffrey's not a top five back in terms of rushing yards. But he's such a threat all over the field. Derrick Henry just does not present that. He's been a total letdown in Tennessee, especially this year. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with with Derrick Henry as well. And Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he's got he's averaging four four point six yards a carry. Um, has three touchdowns on the ground and is a great receiving back. So, Chris, there's my endorsement for Christian McCaffrey, who's not on my top five, but he's in my top twenty. <laughs> so now we'll move on to our top five and man there's so many talented running backs uh and picking this list was hard you know even detroit's carry on johnson um has been great but he's only found the end zone one time for detroit and he's averaging almost six yards a carry but because they're always down he doesn't get to see the ball more um, Marlon Mack, I think, is tremendous. Um, but I didn't have either of those guys in my top five. In fact, in, at my number five spot, I'm going to put James Conner. I think what he's been able to do, what is it, last three or four games with over 100 rushing yards, I mean, he has stepped up. And no one really knew what was going to happen um, with Le'Veon Bell gone. And James Conner said, don't worry about it. I got you B." And just like that, he has stepped into a giant role and has been great for the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, my number five, I'm going to have Melvin Gordon. Mm. Um, many could argue we should be higher on this, but like you said, there's so many good running backs. It's kind of hard to make this list. Um, so at my number five spot, I put Melvin Gordon. Um, he was out a few games for injury. That's also kind of the reason I put, uh, put him farther down than uh, down on this list. Um, but, yeah, Melvin Gordon has been explosive for that offense, um, averaging over five yards a carry, almost 600 yards. Um, he's been a big part of the Chargers' success. Uh, him and Phillip Rivers have been playing well, so um, I put him at number five. And then my number four, uh, kind of the same as Scott's, uh, I went with James Conner um, for much of the reasons that, that Scott has said. Um, he stepped up, you know, the whole Le'Veon Bell situation. Uh, he stepped up and filled that role, uh, and he's played well. Uh, he's played really well, um, and even if Le'Veon Bell does come back this season, which I think he'll report within the next few days here, um, that's a whole nother, a whole nother topic. But even if Le'Veon Bell does come back, I think they'll still split carries. I think he'll get more carries than Le'Veon. Uh, he at this, deserves at, it at this point. I think he's kind of deserved that. I mean, he's over 700 yards rushing this year. Uh, he's been a three-down back, just been a solid guy for the Steelers. Yeah, he has been, and he deserves the praise he's getting. He deserves to be the starter. Um, and he's deserves to be the future back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, for me, I went with the novelty pick, Adrian Peterson at number four. And I do this because not only is he, you know, top 10 in rushing yards in the NFL this year, I think I'm more impressed with the fact that he comes back from an injury, bounce around a couple teams, people really unsure if Peterson would be able to go um, for the Washington Redskins, and he's been great. You know, outside being injured 
for a game or two. He has been lights out and a great pickup for the Washington Redskins. I mean, he's back to his old AP self, um, and I am blown away by that. I thought he was done. I thought he was near the end of his career. No, 604 rushing yards, 4.5 yards a carry, his longest run is 64 yards, and he has four touchdowns on the season. He's averaging over 75 yards a game. Adrian Peterson, I mean, lights out. And my number three, you said Melvin Gordon at five. I have him at three. He plays such a big role for San Diego's offense. I couldn't see him go any lower. I couldn't see him go any higher, but he's great in the backfield um, and really just dominant for San Diego, or for Los Angeles, excuse me. Yeah, um, my number three, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara. Um, I mean, he's been solid. His stats might not show it in the, in the run game, but he's been... Um, I don't want to say utility player, but they use him in the, the receiving game a lot too. Uh, he has 427 yards receiving and three touchdowns. Um, so that on, that and on top of 490 rushing yards and in, in uh, nine touchdowns so far. Um, I mean, he's, he's done it all for the Saints, um, who look good, who look scary. A lot of their success is, is because of Alvin Kamara, who's uh, in his second year, uh, won Offensive Rookie of the Year a uh, season ago. Um, yeah, he's been... I would say the number three back. Oh, and number two. Um, you know, there might be some bias, but I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt here. Um, his stats are not much worse than Todd Gurley. Um, and he's on a eight-game scoring streak. I believe he had his first couple of games of the season were slow. Uh, much of that because, you know, the game against the Steelers, Patrick Mahomes threw six touchdowns. Um, stuff like that. The passing game's been there. Um but like I said, he's on an eight-game scoring streak, um, and when he has been involved, uh, he's been dominant for the Chiefs. Um, almost 700, 700 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns, and then 312 receiving yards as well with six touchdowns. He's 13 total touchdowns, only three behind Todd Gurley. I mean, um, I, I would say that he's the number two back in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kareem Hunt, I, I, I like that pick. I went with a different route. I went with Kamara at two for a lot of the reasons you said, John. Um, he's great in the backfield. He's great receiving. Um, but Saquon Barkley, I mean, I went back and forth. Um, I almost want to put Barkley in this list because he is um, one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. Um, so maybe in the edited edition, Saquon is <laughs> switching spots with Kamara. Kamara. Um, and There's then, a lot of good running backs, so it's hard. To... It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And some of these um, I chose because of the kind of stories around it. Finally, I'm going Todd Gurley at number one. Um, John, I'm guessing you have the same pick. Yeah. Uh, he's the best running back. There, There's not much argument to it right now. Yeah, there, I have him at one as well. There's not a whole lot of argument to this. I mean, he's 16 total touchdowns, um, already over 1,000 total yards, um, 1,100 total yards, actually. Um, he, yeah, he has just been explosive in that already explosive Rams offense. Um, yeah, I think without a doubt, there's not much of an argument here. He's, he's been the best running back in the NFL. Absolutely. Well, John, we finish another top five, bottom five. We finish a pick segment and we'll just keep it here. 
before we say so long, any key talking points as we head into Week 10 that you think is worth discussing? Hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of good matchups this week. That uh, that Saints Bengals game, correct? Yeah. Saints Bengals. Yeah, that's. I think that's a huge game. Um, man, obviously the Saints are hot, but it, it's a really big game for the for the Bengals. Obviously, without AJ Green, um, I'm excited to see how that offense is uh, is going to perform. I think Tyler Boyd's going to have a big day. He's kind of been that number two receiver for for them. So I'm really excited to see that that game because the Steelers are also hot, and the Bengals need to keep winning in order to. Um, keep on track with the Steelers and, Absolutely. and uh, have a chance at winning that division. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm most excited for that game. I agree. Um, I just thought of something. Another segment alert. All right. Um, so what I'm thinking is we do a thing kind of called, like, the final shout. And it's just a we each get a minute. And we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about something that we're passionate about. It can be one of our teams. It can be you know anything in the NFL that we really want to talk about. Um, so let's just let's just do that. Does that sound good? Yeah, I'm I'm on board. Okay, okay, great. All right, so we have our final segment. Uh, we just had a private meeting. We have our final segment, and it is called. The final shout? Sure. We might change the name. We just thought of it. It's the final shout. John and I will each have a minute. Uh, Whatever we want to talk about can be about team in the NFL, player, owner, you name it. It's how we're going to close out the show. It's smooth. It's nice. It's easy. This is the final shout. And, John, since I kind of put you on the spot, I'll go first. And it has to do with the Denver Broncos. We talked about it earlier. The Denver Broncos need to go into tank mode. I said it. Three and six, really an outside shot at the playoffs. I'm sure no one in that Denver locker room wants to lose out. Um, But Denver has a lot of glaring issues. They have a lot of problems in play calling. They have a lot of problems in decision-making, even at quarterback. Um and you know their their secondary has been weak at times, but has played well for the most part. Um, I, I think maybe they need to in the off season. One of the biggest needs is probably quarterback, unless Keenum can actually prove in these last five or excuse me, not five, seven games that he is the long term option for the Denver Broncos. I don't believe he is. It is rebuild time, new coach, new system, and possibly a new quarterback to come for the Denver Broncos. That's what I think needs to be done um, in order for Denver to make a step in the right direction because sometimes you have to take a few steps back before you can move forward. All right. for uh, I feel like this segment's going to be um, about a minute of me squawking about the Chiefs <laughs> issues as much. Uh, I'm sure th- there's going to be a lot of Scott. Uh, issues with the Broncos here in this segment. You know, the, my my biggest thing with the Chiefs, I'm going to go that route. What is going on with Eric Berry? And why has this guy been day-to-day the entire season? Literally, two weeks into the season, the head athletic trainer came in to Andy Reid's press conference, and he goes, when reporters were asking him about Eric Berry, he goes, 
almost in like a sarcastic tone. He's like, Gus, he's literally day to day. We're taking it one day at a time. That was like two months ago. What is going And they still haven't said anything about it. He's still, quote unquote, day to day. How is a man day to day not suit up once the entire season? What is going on with that? I, I just, I think something's almost wrong with the, the Chiefs athletic staff. Or they're, they're doing something wrong because this is ridiculous. Crazy. And maybe his injury is worse than people thought. Yeah. Well, apparently it's a bone spur. So it's, uh, it, it doesn't really have a risk of him tearing his Achilles again, but apparently it's painful. Um, but I, I saw that if you had surgery to remove that, the recovery time is like six to seven weeks, six to eight weeks or something. If they would have just done that at the beginning of the season when they found it, he'd be back right now. Right. With, no, with no problem, it'd be gone. What's going on? If they, if it's a thing that they thought he could have played through, then just yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you get it. Like, how, I get it. How is how's that it's, right? It's frustrating. Doesn't make it's, sense. It's frustrating how he's still quote unquote day to day. And that is one of the many talking points here in the NFL. More to come. Barry. More to come next week, though. We don't have any more segments, folks. I know you are dying to hear more. From the hottest NFL talk show in town, I can say that because no one talks NFL here in Lincoln. It's all college. Not only is it all college, it's all Huskers. And so we have stepped outside the box. We are racking up the views, baby. And there's one thing we love. It's views. And so with that, we say thank you for listening to another podcast of the 10th and goal show, or first and goal show, Cut that out, John. Cut that out right now. First and goal show. I'm Scott Ayers alongside John Schmidt. We say thank you so much. We hope you have a great rest of your night. We will see you next Wednesday. But until then, so long.